Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you want to show us a little support, why don't you consider leaving us a five-star review or becoming a patron on our Patreon campaign? It's easy to do. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's New York City's live singing camp queen of stage and screen, and now she's sharing it all on Block Talk. It's Suddenly Seymour. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm peachy. Are you enjoying our summer day in February? I am, and I am. I feel like I'm back in Mexico right now. Right? This is crazy. You bring the heat with you. That's I bring the heat. I do. I do. That's what all the boys tell me. Uh, so how how's Mexico been? It's been great. This is my third season um, performing down in Puerto Vallarta at um, Act Two stages, and uh, <clears throat> it's just it's been fun. It's just it's a nice uh, getaway from the cold. Yeah. Um, and the the audiences down there are incredible. Um, it's uh, what I always tell people who've never been to Puerto Vallarta. It's a lot like P Town. Uh, but Mexico. Right. So nice. there's, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. And you're going back, or where, where are you off to next? You know, you're here for a little bit. I'm here for a couple weeks. I'm going back to uh, Puerto Vallarta uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, but I'm home, and I'm going to be doing a couple gigs uh, here in Connecticut. Uh, I've got a couple other private gigs I'm doing, a couple weddings, which is nice. exciting. So it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice vacation from my vacation town. Amazing. I'm a bitch. Well, we'll get into all your shows and stuff, sure, too, but sure. let's learn a, bit, a little bit about you. Oh, God, great. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in a small town called Northfield, Illinois, uh, which is also Winnetka, Illinois, because we share a zip code. Interesting. <laughs> um, so if people don't know Northfield, they'll know Winnetka. It's a weird... It's a weird history that I don't understand, but I always just tell people Winnetka. So I tell people, um, I'm the big noise from Winnetka, which is my Bette Midler reference, and I went to school in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, so I've got the, uh, I got a gal, I am the gal from Kalamazoo, nice. so to be in a cabaret sometime, somewhere. I'm, I'm the, I'm no lacking of cabaret experience. <laughs> no, I don't. But um, yeah, I grew up in Chicago, went to school in Michigan, and I've been living in New York now for, I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm a real New Yorker, so everybody yeah, can just fuck official. off. Official. <laughs> I know, right? um, What was it like living in the Midwest? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, it was my, I don't really have much to yeah. compare it to. It's... um. Uh, it was just my upbringing. Uh, I would say the North Shore of Chicago um, is kind of a, a bubble in itself. Um, all the John Hughes films are based on the, this, right. it, like Winnetka, Wilmette, mm-hmm. Glencoe, and all those towns. Uh, so Shermer, Illinois, it's a fake town, but it's based on these towns. Oh, cool. Um, so if you just want to know what my childhood was like, just watch a John Hughes film. Maybe not Home Alone. I had good parents. Not not Home Alone. (laughs) Um, And when did theater enter your enter your life? Uh, Theater has always been in my life. I my um, my parents were always involved with um, the local community theater in Winnetka, Illinois. Um, My dad has has had three wives. And he's met all of them through our local community theater. Um, (laughs) And even my dad's first wife got me into uh, children's theater. My mom put me in my first musical when I was five years old. And my stepmother uh, still choreographs for um, 
a local um, variety show that they put on every year. So the, it's always been in my life. My dad would drag me to rehearsals. I learned all about stage left and stage right and what, um, you know, I learned all the, all the, all the terms, you know, Amazing. <laughs> when I was young. And so I was just obsessed with it. Um, from a young age. I never had any interest because that's just, that was my upbringing. And what brought you to New York? Broadway. Broadway. Broadway! Um, I, you know, I've, it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? I came here to be an actor and I've done a lot of theater. Um, and I've achieved, I've been able to achieve every goal that I've wanted um, moving here, except I haven't been on Broadway yet. But... There's still time. There's still time. I, I've got a baby face and the head of Lex Luthor, so I'm a weird type, which is why a granny drag queen is great for me right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did drag enter your life? Uh, Paige Turner. Um, I did her virgin show. She used to produce a virgin show um, back, back in the day, uh, and... I was going through a, a kind of a rough breakup at that time. And, uh, you know, Paige, she's, she's kind of like, you know, she's a drag queen, but she's also kind of like a life coach as well. And Absolutely. she'd become a good friend of mine. And she said, <clears throat> you need something to do. Why don't you do this, uh, you know, this drag, this virgin drag show. It'd be a lot of fun. You'll make some new friends. And I did. And so I put together um, a little mix of Eartha Kitt and Carol Channing and Patti Lapone and Liza Minnelli thinking, oh, nobody's going to like this <laughs> because they want Beyonce. They want Katy Perry. But I was wrong because this is, you know, Midtown Manhattan. Exactly. So they love the Broadway stuff. And um, so The Virgin Show was my first um, performance as Sutton Lee Seymour. And then from there I entered So You Think You Can Drag as a novice, doing it just for fun. Mm -hmm. And to get some experience under my belt and meet new people. And I, I didn't go in thinking I would win. So imagine my surprise when I won. What was that experience like for you? It was boot camp. It was absolutely boot camp. I listened to your podcast with Chelsea and she, I mean, it, it's boot camp. It's, it's, um, it's just a, a test in yes and saying, okay, here's the challenge. How can I challenge myself? How can I stand out from the rest? What can I do to uh, make it my own. Um, this is a good example. So I think week four of that competition was choreography week and we could do whatever we wanted. Okay. And I just said, I don't think any drag queen will tap dance. I don't think anybody will tap dance. And I know how to tap. So let's do uh, Forget About the Boy from Thoroughly Modern Millie. And I got a bunch of my friends, including Justin, including Chelsea Pierce, who was one of my mm -hmm. dancers for that. And we um, uh, we learned the original Broadway choreography from the Tony Award production, the Tony Award um, yeah, yeah. performance, and um, we did it. And it went over like it went great. There's something special about tap. There, well, I know, and now more drag queens are tap dancing, mm -hmm. which I love. Yeah, one of my dear friends, Petty Cake, is doing tap. She debuted yes. it at the Ultimate Drag Pageant. Oh, great, great, great! And Marty was like. This is amazing. It's great. You're amazing. And uh, I know it. there's a newer queen named Golden Delicious who mm -hmm. tap dances as well. So I, I love... I mean, come on now. It's like La Caja Fall. Drag queens who tap dance. Exactly. That's, that's like... That's gold right there. That's the next Speechman show. Is it? Tap dancing? <laughs> that, that's it. We have to make it happen. Oh, God. <laughs> How would you describe Sutton in three words? Three words? Um, oh, wow. Um, sassy. Campy. Kind. I agree. I agree. I like that. If I had to choose three. Who are some of your inspirations as a performer? Uh, oh, I mean, I love 
in, t- in terms of drag queens or anybody? Anybody. Uh, I love Coco Peru, mm-hmm. legendary drag queen Coco Peru. Uh, Charles Bush is a big, he's a, fr- he's, he's a friend now, yeah. um, and he's been a huge influence uh, when I was young. Uh, I love Bernadette Peters. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the list go. Oh, you know who I love? And this is someone that nobody will know listening to this, but I encourage you to Google him or YouTube him. His name is Bob Nelson. He's a comedian. He was big in the 80s and early 90s. And he, I remember watching this HBO special of this guy. His name is Bob Nelson. And he did a one-man farce. It's an HBO uh, stand-up comedy special, but he took his stand-up comedy and made it a farce. Uh, he played like 25, 30 characters in an hour. So he'd run off stage, come back on as a different character. And, like He had this whole set built of the back alley of an apartment building. Um, so he's running in one door as one character, running out as another one, climbing up a ladder, putting his head through a window with another costume piece on. And like he just played all these characters, and it was funny as hell. So... I think that kind of made me go, oh, you can you can do anything you yeah. want. Yeah, um, definitely so, got to check that out. Yeah, Bob Nelson. Google, it's hard to find, like, I can't find the whole HBO special that I love, but Bob Nelson is, had a huge impact on me. He's very much like Robin Williams. Robin Williams, also a big yeah. inspi- inspiration of mine. Um, yeah, I mean, I could just, I could go on. I could talk for Tim <laughs> Curry and Clue. Of course. The whole cast of Clue. I mean, it's really cast. Joan Cusack and Adam's Family Values. Yeah. Joan Cusack in general. I just, I love um, really bad people. And I want to, and if you've seen my performance, mm-hmm. like Sutton is a very baddie character. Yeah. But I also want that baddiness to kind of be almost like a waiting for Guffman, Catherine O'Hara kind of sure. style. Um, I want to kind of be those community theater ladies that you know and love, but they think they're more talented than they actually are. <laughs> so that's kind of, that. that's where Sutton lives. So those baddie characters like Joan Cusack in Adam's Family Values with the community theater ladies that I know and love. How long does it take to transform into Sutton? Um, it depends on how much time I have. I, I, I give myself... Um, three hours on like any given day but like you know sometimes times are fast and so you oh you have one hour so you have to get on stage and get a move on and sometimes you're going to give a really flawless face and sometimes it's going to be like well this is the face i got today just put the lights a little lower yeah exactly but um i like to give myself three hours um I like to, which I can do it in an hour and a half, but you know, sometimes sometimes you have to erase and redo. <laughs> yeah. So Broadway Mondays at Hardware has become one of the spots to be on Mondays. Oh, that's nice to hear. Um, how did this show come to fruition, and what does it mean to you having the following that it does? Uh, that's a lot of questions. All right, what was the first question? Uh, how did it come? To how be? did it come to be? Um, well, when Splash closed, uh, I mean, I think all of New York City uh, mourned. Absolutely. When we lost Musical Mondays and Splash, and nothing will ever, ever replace that. But we will try to do our best yes. to uh, substitute it. So Justin Luke, who is now Justin Zerilli, because he's uh, gotten rid of his uh, party promoter name, he's now his own uh, Justin Zerilli anyway, um, he wanted to bring back um, that Musical Mondays tradition. And... Uh, Lucky me, he reached out and he said, I want to bring this back, and do you want to do it with me? Because you're a Broadway queen, we both love Broadway, let's make the musical theater nerds of Hell's Kitchen a little gayer again. Yeah. You know? Um, So that's how that came about, and uh, what was the next question? Um, What does it mean to have the following that it does? What does it mean? I mean, 
it, it's it's everything, you know. I I think all of us, I would say even you, all, we all came to New York because we love not just musicals but theater and yeah. and we love creating and um, we were all those nerdy kids who locked ourselves in our bedrooms and we would you know put on our cassette tapes of um you know of Les Mis or West Side Story um and just kind of, we would have a dance or we'd take our action figures and pretend like we're staging yeah. the shows we would get lost in our imagination because of musicals and so I just love that we can all come together at Hardware Bar every Monday and kind of be those nerdy yeah. kids in our bedrooms it's and a like celebration. a celebration of uh, musicals and just being campy people that we are. Yeah. Um, that's the feeling I want. So it means a lot when people come repeatedly because I think that's I think they share that feeling yeah, with absolutely. us. Me and Cacophony. Your shows include Camp Queen, Queens Against Humanity, Famous, The Way Off Broad. You are a Lori Beachman staple. Sure. Uh, what draws you to the cabaret style format? Um, I think uh, I, I like a, I like the cabaret shows because you know the, the the difference between the bar shows and the the uh, cabaret shows is that the bar shows you can pop in and pop out as you please. If you don't really want to pay attention to the show, yeah. you can go to the back corner and have a chat with your friend. It's a little more casual. Uh, what I like about the cabaret shows at the Beachmen uh, or at Act Two Stages in Puerto Vallarta is you, you're coming there specifically to see the show. And so you're going to get a full journey, um, whether it's making fun of politics, like when uh, Jackie Page and I did Make America Gay Again, mm-hmm. or if you're going to do kind of a, for- a forbidden Broadway drag show, kind of like what I do right. with all those shows. Um so that that's the goal with uh, with doing the cabaret shows. I, I guess I just kind of like the attention <laughs> in terms of you know people are paying attention and they're 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 paying attention more to the the subtleties and the nuances. Whereas stay at Broadway Mondays, it has to be maybe maybe a little more broad and a little more fast, funny, and furious. Right. Get them in, get them out. Let's get drunk. You know. <laughs> How do you keep your material material fresh with all these new shows? Oh, that's so kind of you to think my material is fresh. Um, I don't know. I I think you know. I'm the, I've gotten to the habit of. If there's an idea, write it down immediately, and because otherwise, I'll, I have a terrible memory. I have a terrible memory, um, so I write every idea down, and um, when I come back to it, when inspiration strikes, I will try to like write a medley or a parody or a spoof or make a new mix, um, and that takes a while because you know it's it's you can't. Some people can just like churn that out. But I th- I believe in quality over quantity. Yeah. I would rather have like five really good numbers that I know are gonna like, people are gonna love and cheer for and tip me, um, <laughs> than just say oh I've got a hundred numbers and they're all mediocre. So I like to take my time with them. Sometimes it, you know I I'll right now I'm working on I shouldn't say what I'm working on right now, but I'm I've been working wor- on something. I'm working on something and it's it's taken. Uh, the better part of six months because I'm, it's, I'm taking, I take full-length musicals and I condense them down. And yeah. this particular musical is a lot. Yeah. So I don't want to say what it is yet, but it's almost finished. So without saying <laughs> that one, yeah. you are known for doing your musicals in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. They're brilliant. Oh, and thank you. The crowd dies and gags for them. What is it like to create those? I mean, what, what are the inspirations? Um... 
it's uh, I don't know how to answer that question. It just I, I don't know. It's just when when you have a song in your head and like oh if you can like it's a lot of it is just finding the transitions. Yeah. How can, I'll use the Chicago uh, mini musical. I think that's the one I'm yeah. the most known for. Um, is Chicago in five minutes. The great thing about Kander and Ed is they in a lot of their music they just have a lot of vamps. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to like take uh, go from the cell block tango and go right into um, when you're good to mama because th- they just write these really great vamps yeah. that'll just blend right into each other. So not all musicals do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the, the transitions are key. Um, what was the other question? Just what how what are the inspirations? What are the inspirations? Uh, because you're trying to create, I love Forbidden Broadway, so that's right. kind of like a, a huge inspiration. I love it when they do, um, uh, like the whole show of Les Mis yeah. in like ten minutes. Uh, but those are all parodies where I'm just trying to do the legit lyrics right. or I'm making fun of Renee Zellweger in Chicago. Exactly. Um, so I'm not really sure what the inspirations are, other than I just love these songs and I want to sing them and I want to make fun of the people who perform them. Yeah. Um, so. I guess that's the answer to your yeah, question. Does I love that it. make sense? That totally makes sense. <laughs> you are an international queen of land and sea. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> I, I, yeah. What is it like working on cruises and in Puerto Vallarta? And do you find you have different kinds of audiences? Um, uh, what I love about musical theater and being a Broadway queen specifically is that it, um, I think it transcends the generations. So at Broadway Mondays, we have a huge variety of people who come, whether they're young or old, they're all people who love uh, Broadway. So I have a huge demographic, I feel, um, in terms of whether I'm performing in New York or Puerto Vallarta or on the cruises. Um, they I, they all love it. Um, yeah. And even I, what's really gratifying and satisfying is when people say I don't know musicals but I was still had a blast I was laughing my ass off uh, and I guess the goal is if you're not a big musical theater fan I'm hoping that you'll go and Google yeah, that absolutely. musical I was making fun of like if I'm doing uh, oh golly what's uh, if I'm doing let's say uh, the Wicked mini musical mm-hmm. that I do. If you've never seen Wicked, oh, maybe I'll go Google that, and maybe I'll go get a ticket to see that Broadway show. That's, I mean, that's the goal. I just, my goal is just to make everybody as big a musical theater nerd yeah. as you and I are. So let's let's talk about musical theater a little bit. Oh, that's the, the first time that I saw you perform mm-hmm. was not in drag. Oh, oh, it was uh, when I was reviewing a nymph show. Oh, what do critics know what? What do critics know? Uh, yes, I love that and, show. Yeah, so and for the fifth and fifth birthday of my website, uh-huh. um, we actually did um, being a critic as the opening number. Oh, really? I, like, I mean, how could I not have that song in my show? Being a critic yeah. is. I forget the lyric. It's been three years. <laughs> um, so of course I had your version of the song like. Um, on repeat because my casting to learn it. Right. Um, what do you still have the acting bug? Oh yeah. Do you audition often? I don't audition often. Um, no, I don't. I I should. I don't. Um, but um, I don't know. I um. That show. What what do critics know? That was that was like just a happy accident of I knew someone at the York Theater. Uh, they were doing a reading of it, and they invited me to come be a part of the reading, and then one thing led to another, and we're in the uh, Nymph Festival 
2015. Yeah. So that was just that was just a happy accident and a great role. I played a very Paul Lind kind of theater yeah, critic, absolutely. and he was such a smarmy schmuck and just you know it was great and there was a great cast. Um, do I have the theater bug? Yeah, and I, I think drag lets me keep that going. You know, whether I'm doing a bar show or a cabaret show or doing a nymph show, it's all it's all theater. It's all performance. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing I've learned in my 10 years being here in New York is that, you know, Broadway, as much of a, of a goal as it is for me, it Broadway is not the end-all, be-all. And I think a lot of people have that realization, is that a stage is a stage. When you are in front of a number of people, this is your opportunity to share something special about yourself whether you're singing a song or um, doing stand-up comedy um, or whatever, when you're on stage, that's your opportunity to showcase yourself and to be vulnerable. And um, I think it just depends on what you want to gain from that. And for me, having created Sutton, I I just I wanted to make people laugh and make life a little lighter yeah and i think i think I, I hope i do that oh you absolutely and that's satisfying for me that's satisfying enough for me also paying my bills helps so true true um we mentioned Paige's show a little bit yeah but um you do an incredible event called the Dib- drag debutant show mm-hmm. um what inspired you to continue that trend uh you know i loved the virgin show that Paige produced years ago and when she said she was kind of done doing it i was like well i'll just you know there's nobody nobody said i can't do it so i'll just i'll continue the tradition uh tradition um because i think it's important i think everybody at least in the gay community should try drag once because it unleashed a new sense of confidence in me i i didn't expect this to be a full-time career and i'm grateful that it is um but I just I wanted to everyone to share that positive experience that I had. I wanted to share that with everybody so they can find that new sense of confidence in themselves yeah. and or just have fun or just do it for shits and giggles. I think it's such a fun thing that everybody should try it. Drag is a weird thing because in theater you have your um, your your categories where you're your Broadway theater or your regional theater or your community theater. There's a line between the hobbyists and the professionals. Drag, that line is a little more blurred right. between the hobbyists and the professionals. And that's okay because something like the Drag Virgin show or the Drag Debutante show, that gives someone an opportunity to experiment and then they can say, do I want to try this professionally? And I think... I think a few queens have come out of um, not just Paige's virgin show, but my drag debutante yeah, show. Yeah, are there any names that you can want to share? Adriana out? Trenta, uh, Bella Noche, uh, who else? Oh, God. Oh, oh uh, the new uh, Shelby Late. Who I'm watching at UDP. She's fantastic. Yep. Um, let's see, who else? Who else? Oh, Lord Almighty. There's many. There's, uh, there was a, there's quite a few... But those are the three that stand. I know I'm, I'm going to bite myself in the ass later just because I can't, like, but those are the three that stand out right now. Um, but they're killing it right now. Yeah. They're killing it. Are there any New York City drag queens that you've yet to work with that you'd like to work with? 
Um, you know, I listened to your interview with Chelsea, and she said ragamuffin, and I, I'm gonna, I love ragamuffin. I love her. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen her a couple times. I just think she's so smart and original. Uh, but who? But I don't want to steal my mother's answer, so I will say, oh golly. Um, you know, I would really love to work with Peppermint, and mm-hmm. there was a time before she got on Drag Race, we were both going to work on a show together and then things didn't work out but we did a photo shoot together and I had so much fun with her and I was like oh man I would love to work with Peppermint she was Peppermint was the first drag queen I saw when I moved to New York City and I just I lived then I live now I'm so happy for all the success yeah absolutely uh that she's getting and I still hope to work with her one day so Peppermint if you're listening hi (laughs) let's work together please (laughs) <laughs> I want to play a little, uh, one of our first games we're going to play. Sure. It is called Suddenly Casting Director. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to give you some of Broadway's finest divas. Oh, goody. And you are going to pick a dream role that they've never performed that you wish they could. I love this game. Let's go. So we are going to start with Sutton Foster. A role that she's never played mm-hmm. that she should play. Yeah. Uh, I would love Sutton Foster to pl- play mother in Ragtime. Okay. She might be still might be still a little young for it, but I think that's a role that will be in her future. Okay. Because imagine her singing Back to Before. Okay, I mean, I'm trying to. I, I have to say, I'll say it on the record, I'm not the biggest Sutton Foster fan. Oh, okay. um, I appreciate her. Like, of course. My dream role, it's not like in the canon of musical theater yet. Like, I would like to see her play Sally in um, Nightmare Before Christmas because she's just a giant rag doll anyway. Oh, good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I appreciate her. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the same thing she does every time. Of course. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the shade, the shade. We're getting she's shady on Block Talk. She, she's fantastic at the 20s flapper thing. She's very good at that. Well, that being said, I think she would be a great Sally Bowles. Has she done that role? I don't think so. That she'd be she'd great at Sally Bowles yeah. then. Next is B.B. Newworth. B.B. Newworth. Ooh, okay, wow. Okay, Ooh, you're making me cast people right away. You know what? I would love to see her play Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Okay, I, I see It's that. a little different, but yeah. I think, you know, people think of Ursula as this, like, big, campy villainess. And yes, that's that's there, but she's also, she's supposed to be frightening. Yeah. And I think B.B. Newworth has that capability oh, to, totally to camp it up, but... I mean, ooh, she'd be frightening. Ooh, she'd also be so good as the witch in Into the Woods. Yes, she would. I mean, I love B.B. North because I was a huge Cheers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, Lilith. She, she is uh, the Ice Queen. Yep, that's why she'd be good as the witch. Next is Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, God. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth. You know... <laughs> The first thing that came into my head was Aunt Eller in Oklahoma, because <laughs> that's just mean. Um, but if we I mean, off, in that show, that's probably her type at this point. At this point, no. But the thing is, she could still pull off, um, you know, playing Lori. But I'd rather see. That's the thing. You look at Kristen Chenoweth and you expect her to play someone like Lori in Oklahoma, but you want to see her play Ado Annie. Yes. You know, I would kill for her to sing. Uh, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. It would be. And be like, it, that's she's from Oklahoma, so that's in her wheelhouse. Next would be Adina Menzel. Mm, yes, her. Wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. What would she play? Uh, you know. Oh man, Adina, you're giving me. She's like a powerhouse. Um, you know what? I I would love to see her try something different, and I would love to see 
people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but I think I would like to see her try to do something um, from the Sondheim cycle. Okay. Uh, something like, um, what's the song from uh, Merrily We Roll Along? Where she, uh, not a day goes by. Yeah, That's, that, with her voice, mm, that'd be interesting. But I would also, I just want to see her just not yell. Yeah. I agree. So something Somebody soft like that. Yeah, exactly. Next is Cynthia Erivo. Oh, God, she can just she can just sing the phone book. The phone book, the musical. <laughs> let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, uh, oh, oh, God, you know, I would love to see her in Once on this Island. Have you seen that show I yet? I have not gotten to see it yet. If they if they ever um, Lou if whenever they um, those actors move on she'd be great in so many roles the mama role um, that my friend Kenita Miller is playing mm-hmm. she's amazing oh she'd be great as Asaka in Once on This Island oh oh I would love to see her sing Asaka in Once on This Island Cynthia Revo yes in yes. Once on This Island I'm on it let's make it happen okay next is Christine Ebersol oh God. Ebersol. Oh, I just, no, I just want them to bring back Great Gardens just so I can see it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to see her play the stepmother in Cinderella. Okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nene Leakes was fine, but bring me Christine Ebersol as the stepmother. Okay, next is her former co-star, Patti LuPone. Mm, Patti LuPone. Um, God, what can't Patti LuPone do? Uh, I would love to see her play Dolly in Hello, Dolly. I know mm-hmm. people... Don't agree with me. I know some people do. I would like to see that. It would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing Bernadette tomorrow night, so I'm really Ooh, excited. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, next is Laura Osnes. Uh, you know, uh, Laura Osnes. I liked her in South Pacific, so I would like to see her continue on in a, a Golden Age world. What would that show be? Maybe... I don't know. Uh, what's another Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that's not Cinderella, that's not... Uh, oh, what about uh, Anna and the King and I? She'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be cute. That'd be interesting. Maybe yeah, a little young for it. just follow in Kelly O'Hara's footsteps again. Hello, she should. Um, next is Leia Salonga. Oh, God, Leia. She's just perfect. I just want her... Just put her in Aladdin on Broadway. Just put her right? as Jasmine on Broadway no, right now. Again. I know! I'd pay lots of money to hear that. Or just like let the actress who's playing Jasmine stay on stage mm-hmm. and just bring uh, Leia Salonga out on stage <laughs> just to sing A Whole New World. Oh, and I want to hear her sing um, the the princess song that she sings the earlier... Mm-hmm. What's the that song, song called? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Next <laughs> is... Audrey McDonald. <laughs> You're just giving me everything. Uh, are you hearing my like my like musical theater yeah. orgasms oh, over I can here? Feel it. Mm. I want to see Audrey McDonald. She played the beggar woman a couple times. I want to see her play Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd. Okay. Let Audrey play Mrs. Lovett. I like this. That would be cool. But she's she's very she's very stoic. She's very poised. But what people forget is that she's also she can be like a really funny actress she's funny Mm -hmm. so her and will swenson do it together i would love watching them do it together yeah good night everybody next is bernadette peters bernadette peters uh oh i'm seeing her in hello dolly tomorrow so i'm really excited uh and i'm one of the few people who enjoyed her in follies so i don't know bernadette peters can do no wrong in my book i love her so much and I would love to see her do... What's her role? You know what? She'll never do it. 
but I think it'd be hilarious. But I want to see her play Madame Jury in The Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, the ultimate diva, Sutton Lee Seymour. Oh, what? she can do anything! She can do anything, and she can play all of them, too. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, what is a Sutton role that I... That, what, what is a role that Sutton wants? She just wants to do all of them. And she thinks that she should do all of them. Yeah. And she doesn't understand why she hasn't done all of them. But... In reality, if you're be, if we're ha- having a serious conversation, I want to be the first drag queen on Broadway to play Madame Morrible in Wicked. I think that would be incredible. I think it'd be hilarious and Why wonderful. Why can't it happen? Why can't it happen? The universe, listen. Telsey, can you hear me? <laughs> Telsey, can you see me? Let's anyway, make it happen. Please. How do you stay focused and committed to the art? Oh, focus. Um... Well, what else are you going to do? You know, uh, I'm very lucky that this is now my, this has been my full-time job going on three years now. And so um, if I don't, if I don't get up out of bed and create or reach out and try to get myself booked, then I don't eat. And if I don't eat, I die. So the stakes are high. They are. Um, I just, I don't know. It just, I'm a creature of habit. And once I get into um, a routine of just go, 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 I'm, I'm on. Drag Race has sort of illuminated the different styles of drag to mm-hmm. a mainstream audience. Um, while everyone has their tastes, whether it's pageant queens, club kids, comedy queens, dancing queens, you name it, there sometimes tends to be an unwillingness to accept what's not in their lane. Why do you think it's important for people in the community and fans of the art form to be open and understanding to everyone's style and aesthetic? So, uh, you know, it's... I, I think people, for the most part, I think people... Are I think people are open to others' ideas. Um, there is, of course, going to be disagreements with that, but I, I don't. I just haven't experienced yeah. too much. I, I think you know people come to my show, and you know sometimes people make fun of me because I wear you know my my short ratty wig, and uh, but what people don't realize is that's me paying homage to my stepmother who's got mm. short, very hairsprayed hair. Um, but uh, but at the end of the show, they had a good time. Um, so whether you're like, I, I've had pageant queens come to my show and just have the best time, which is all it's about. And I think if we get back to that, why do we do it? We want to uh, just have give people a good time. And I think it, if we go back to that, then that, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, I'm certainly open to other people's styles and, and, and artistic choices. I might not agree with them, but that's not me. I'm not mm-hmm. the one presenting that. Um, and that's not me saying mine is better than yours. That's just a different approach and not an, an approach I would think to try. Um, I'd like to think that a lot of queens are open, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm too busy. <laughs> um, Why is drag important for the community? Mm, it's our we're drag is we, we're the we're the the mascots of the gay community of the LGBTQIA community. We are the ones who, you know, if it wasn't for a group of drag queens back in 1969, who started the Stonewall riots, where would we be? Drag queens have always been on the front line, um, standing up for people, fighting for what's right, um, fighting for equal rights, um, but also helping you have a good time. Um, it's 
we are a wide variety of things. That's why it's magical. That's why people say it's a fantasy world. But at the end of it, if you're not based in some kind of reality, then what is what is life worth living? Yeah. You know, um, it it's, goes back to I am what I am. Um, life's not worth a damn till you can say, hey world, I am what I am. Now let's do a shot and sing a song, you know? Yeah. Um, does that answer the question? Absolutely. Oh, good. What's the most important piece of advice or lesson you can give someone who is early in their drag career? Ah, um, <clears throat> hmm. Oh, there's a lot I want to say about this. Um, I would say be nice, be nice, be kind, be grateful for any opportunities that come your way. This is not an easy business and, um, have fun, but be nice. You may think you are the hottest new thing. And that's not me saying you are not. But a little humility goes a long way. Um, and that's a lesson I've had to learn. Yeah. Um, my career went from zero to 60 very, very fast. And I, you know, I just had to keep my, at my, my ego in check just because I had a lot of opportunities thrust upon me. <laughs> thrust um, <laughs> really really fast and then I just got exhausted so as younger queens progress with their um, with their jobs take time for yourself don't forget who you are that you're still the guy under the wig under the makeup under the dress um, and just you know good luck yeah and don't fuck it up <laughs> So we're going to play some tea time. Oh, goody. And you're going to spill some tea, share some stories about some of your sisters. Oh, terrific. Family members, friends. Oh, God. People you've shared the stage with. Ooh. We're going to start with Mother Dearest, Chelsea Pierce. Chelsea Pierce! Ooh! <laughs> um, Chelsea, I, you know, when I first met Chelsea, she, it was at that Virgin show. She was a mm. backup dancer, and we were lip syncing to I'll Be Your Girl for All Seasons oh, from Grease 2. Which I still would love to see as a stage musical. Oh, and you call it Cool Rider, mm-hmm. the other Grease musical. <laughs> Don't call it Grease 2. Call it Cool Rider, the other Grease musical. I've thought about this. <laughs> anyway, uh, and she was my, she, she presented me as herself, as Justin, and I had no idea at that time that this was going to be uh, the person who was going to take me under her wing. Um, she became a fast friend when I started competing in So You Think You Can Drag. I barely knew how to beat my face. I still barely know how to beat my face. But she, and, but she still is always there to like teach me new tricks and, and helps me out and gives me ideas. She inspires me. Um, I, she never said, I'm going to be your drag mother. I told her, you're my drag mother. And she just said, okay. And that, that's just how loving she is. Yeah. I've never met someone who is just so caring for other people. And as that, as we were doing, as I was doing So You Think You Can Drag, she, like the first couple of weeks, she really helped me beat my face. And week by week, she said, nope, now you're going to do your crease by yourself this week. Nope, you're going to paint your lips on by yourself this week. Nope, you are going to put your lashes on by yourself with this week. And that's that's what you need in a drag yeah. mother. Um so I just, and, and that's what makes her a good person. She was always there to help, but she made sure that I took off the training wheels. Nice. I love her to death. I can't. And her show is incredible. Her show, Are You There, Rue? It's Me, Chelsea, is incredible. I, I, did you see it? I did. It is the best Beachman show I have seen. Ever. All right. That includes myself. 
So we're going to go from mother to daughter, Jacqueline Hyde. Jacqueline Hyde. Oh, oh, also, another queen who came from my virgin show, from the Drag Debutante show, Jacqueline Hyde. Also, one of those people, when I first met Jackson, I, you know, you just, oh, what a sweet kid. Yeah. Oh, he wants to do drag. Oh, okay, well, oh, oh, okay, I guess I'm helping him. Oh, well, I'm going to call him my, my daughter now. I guess he's my daughter. He's just such a sweet, sweet kid. Um... And I love him to death. He's like the little brother that I never wanted. <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of being his mother, you know, I we what I love about him is that we bounce ideas off of each other. He is a really funny writer, and he's really funny on the microphone, and he's a good singer. Um, so I'm and I'm very proud of his get up and go attitude. Um, and his, his willingness to learn and try new things. Um, and I just, I, I, we have the best time together. Nice. I love you. I love you, Jackson. <laughs> Next is Delighted to Be Here. Oh, what a bitch. Oh, what a bitch. What a whore. What an awful human being. Just kidding. Um, Delighted to Be Here is one of the most just gentle, sweet, polite, and funny people I've met. And I'm really just excited that she's been able to take her her act on the road internationally and all over the country. We had a, we did a show together. We worked together for a year, uh, working down at Pieces, and we just we just had a ball together. Um, and I learned a lot from her too. She she tells this story. You'll have to get her, and she can tell it herself. But I'll butcher it. But what I love about her is she can run into work and then. 15 minutes later, put on, have this flawless mm-hmm. face on. And that is incredible to me. Here's me being like, I need two hours. And here's delighted to be here saying, I need 15 minutes. And she's flawless. And what I respect about her is when we worked together for most of the year, she had a broken foot. Oh, so wow. she couldn't wear heels for the better part of a year. So, but she, she had a boot on. and But she still... Gave it her all. Yeah. Heels or not, she put on a show. So. Next is a legend of drag. Oh, boy. Sherry Vine. Oh, what a whore. What a bitch. What a see you next Tuesday. Just kidding. Um, I love Sherry Vine. I was so intimidated by her for years because it's Sherry Vine. I met Sherry Vine backstage at Paige's show at Therapy Slurp. And Sherry came in. I was just visiting Paige, I was as myself, and in walks Sherry Vine, and she goes, hi doll! I'm like, hi, hi Sherry Vine, you don't know me. She's like, of course I know who you are, I'm so happy to meet you. She, from the get-go, she was just lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, and we just have, we've had so many laughs together, and we've done a lot of the cruises together now too, and that's where mm-hmm. we really got to know her. Now imagine me, like, sitting at the buffet on the big gay ship with <laughs> Sherry Vine and Jackie Beat. That was yeah. intense. But Jackie Beat complimented me one time, and now I can die happily. It's amazing. Yeah. And then I stole her nail clippers. <laughs> so, thanks, Sherry. Next <laughs> is Jackie. Miss Richfield 1981. Oh, oh, my God. One of the funniest people, and also one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met, and a hard worker. We Back at the buffet, you know, uh, what's great about the ships is it feels like high school theater again. We all go see each other's shows, and then we all, all the performers go congregate late at night in the buffet eating French fries. But the great thing about Miss Richfield is um, 
she she really cares about her shows and she really cares about what works and what doesn't work and she, you know here's me i'm only like i'm five six years into drag and um here's miss richfield legendary miss richfield saying yeah. so did you think this worked what did you think this because i really want to know what people think and I, I i like you i want to know what you think i'm like oh god miss richfield wants my opinion and what if i'm wrong <laughs> uh, but she she has no ego when it comes to that she's funny um her new show born again is hilarious um and uh, I, I just I, you can't can't speak more positively about her. Next is Hedda Lettuce. Oh, Hedda Lettuce! What a funny, funny, funny person. Um, funny, funny person. We used to live together in Puerto Vallarta, and we uh, had a, a lizard that would break into our house from time to time, and so we named um, named it Liza. Of course, called it Liza the Lizard. Absolutely, one of the funniest people. Next is Paige Turner. Oh, Paige! You don't she, you don't call her mother. You call her. She's like your acting coach. <laughs> um, Paige is great. Um, an, another person who just really cares about the sh- about the shows that she puts on. She cares about the flows and the transitions, and she cares about um, the experience people have. Um, which is why I think um, Jackie Cox and I really, the three of us, really enjoy working together. Mm-hmm. When we do get to work together. Um, so, I mean, she's a theater nerd. I'm a theater nerd. Jackie Cox is a theater nerd. That's why we all get along so well. Um, she's, and, well, and, and, and she, and she's a filthy whore too. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate absolutely. as well. <laughs> um, someone who's not a queen, but Justin Luke. Oh, Justin. Now Justin Zarelli. Yes. Uh, stand-up comedian Justin Zarelli. He's, he's just a ball of positivity, isn't he? You know, um. He he cares so much about the community, uh, and he cares so much about challenging himself, whether he's going to write a book, in which he's written several, whether he's going to be a party promoter, whether he's going to be a stand-up comedian or put on a musical theater night at the gay bars. Um, he cares about what he puts out in the world, and he cares about the people he works with, and that's that's what I love about him. Um, but he's he's never... What I like about him is he's never tied down to just one thing. He wants to do it all. He wants yeah. the full life experience. He has a zest for life, and I can't wait to see him uh, stream uh, jumping off of a, uh, an airplane and parasha- <laughs> parasailing down live on Facebook Yeah, to get all the fun. likes so all the, <laughs> all the twinks can scream, yas. And finally, <laughs> oh boy, Cacophony Daniels. Whore. What a bitch. What a, oh God, what an awful, awful human being. Just kidding. Um, what's to say about Cacophony? Uh, what we, We've developed a really wonderful friendship. I've known Quarter for a few years now, but we've only been working together for the better part of a year now. And um, I think we've kind of developed like a really fun relationship on stage together where it's a little... It's a little sweet and salty. It's a little Laurel and Hardy. It's a little yeah. Lucy and Ethel. Um, and... It's she's just so fun. She's also really easy to make laugh, which mm-hmm. I love because I, you know, if you just talk and you don't know what you're saying is funny, she'll laugh at it, and you then <laughs> then you feel really good about yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I feel really, you know, hashtag blessed. You know, she's recently adopted a child um, who's an 11 year old out of the closet kid, and. I, I love that I'm I, I'm a part of their family now. I love that I'm literally anti-Sutton to them. Yeah. Um, 
I've babysat this kid, I would kill for this kid, and I have no doubt in my mind that um, Cacophony and her husband, Jason, would do the same. I think it's incredible the amount of love they have for their uh, newly adopted son, and it's inspirational, and it's, I can't wait for the, for the world to get to know that story more as uh, the adoption progresses, uh, and it's, it's, it's a privilege. It's a very weird thing to say. It's a privilege to be a part of uh, their lives. Yeah. I love them. And you two share that amazing photo series. Yes, with Preston. Pre- yes. Yeah, me, Preston, uh, Burford, and Cacophony. We're going to do more, more, uh, you know, fucked up musicals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your pre- and post-show routine? Um, depends on the day, really. Um, so let's let's take Broadway Mondays, for example. I will get on the train, say, at like 4 o'clock, so I can get to Hardware Bar by 5 o'clock, because the trains in Astoria are terrible! It's true. It's true! Um, so I'd usually get to Hardware about 5 o'clock, and then, um... Ian, Shelby Late, is behind the barn. We'll just, you know, talk for a few minutes. I'll go get a sandwich down at the, de- the deli. I'll eat my sandwich, put on a podcast, whether it's RuPaul's podcast or Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and just put on a face. Cacophony will roll in around like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and then we'll go up on the floor, do the show. I mean, it's not so much like, you know, I don't do yoga before the show. Right. I should probably do yoga before the show. <laughs> but um, I guess food. Food is my tradition. I need food. I need to be well-fueled because the, it's funny. The one question people ask me is like, how do you have so much energy? I eat a lot and I love food. I love food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then post-show? Uh, drink. <laughs> um, usually I'll have uh, either a glass of wine or a honey whiskey after the show. Uh, one of my favorite things, so I do my Saturday night show at Albatross Bar and after the show I'll get out of drag and a whole bunch of my Astoria friends are there so we'll just sit at the bar and, uh, oh, golly, some of them play, oh, what's that? They play, they'll play, some of them will play gin, and I'll just watch and make fun of them. And uh, it's also fun to watch your friends flirt with other boys in the bar and go, oh, that's not going to go well. <laughs> but, uh, so that, that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you could perform anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, golly. Wow. Carnegie Hall. I keep, I, you know, one of my opening lines is like, hello, Carnegie Hall. And it's not Carnegie Hall. No, no. And then that's the joke. Um, I would love to do a drag show or a drag concert of all live singing drag queens at Carnegie Hall. I mean, and there's a number of us queens who sing live now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a funny thing to me. It's how many people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you sing live. But there are so many queens who sing live. And there's been so many queens who sing live. They've been around for years. Yeah. It's not a new concept, but I'll take the attention. Yeah. Um, so Carnegie Hall with a bunch of other drag, a drag concert, kind of like the My Favorite Broadway Leading Ladies mm-hmm. concert, the 1998 DVD. Oh, it's so good. I want that to happen. Carnegie Hall, we're calling. We're making it happen. Yes, I would love that. What revival of a musical are you dying to see on Broadway? Like, what, you what know, do you want to see? What's not I, uh, You know what I think would be really relevant right now is bringing back Urine Town. I know. Right? Why has it not happened? What are we afraid of? I don't know. I think, you know, it's a campy musical that makes fun of other musicals, but it has such a strong um, story about politics right now and the way things are run. Even though it's about a campy, silly thing about how people use the toilet, um, it it brings up a whole lot of issues. And I've said, you know, listen, you can make, you can take the villain role, Caldwell B. Cladwell, and you could put that as a Trump character. Mm-hmm. And then you can make hope. Uh, you can make that a... Um, um, 
oh, what's his daughter's name? Not, you know. Ivanka. Not Ivanka? I thought that was the oh, ex-wife. No, the other one. Um, yeah. I this is how much I don't care about Trump. Exactly. The other one. The, I know people out there are like, I can't believe that they forgot her name. But you know what? I think it's a good thing. because. Tiffany. Tiff- Tiffany? Oh, it should be Tiffany. Tiffany yeah. Tiffany Trump's kind of the one that everyone yeah. forgets anyway. Yeah. That'd be interesting, because then you're she, rooting for her. Right, there's a little <laughs> hope in her. Exactly, because she's uh, she goes through a change. I think you're in, anyway, to answer yeah. the question, I think You're in Town would be a really uh, relevant show right now. And What funny. is missing from Broadway? Oh, you know, when I, the, fir- the first time I saw Hello, Dolly, the revival... I left that show thinking, this is Broadway. This is what like I dreamed of when I was a child. To like just have just this joyous feeling of just you I left that theater feeling elated. Um, and it was and it wasn't just because of the star power of Bette Midler. The whole cast was just fantastic and on point. The music is good. Um, this, this story is simple. It doesn't take, take itself too, too seriously. Um, so what's missing in Broadway right now is just, uh, that sense of be, it's, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I've got so many friends who work on Broadway and I, so I don't want to like name names right mm-hmm. now, but there, there's a pretentiousness to a lot of newer shows right yeah. now. Um, I mean, see, it, it, it's like you watch a show right now and it feels like we're so good and we know it and I hate that yeah um, I mean the revival of Hello Dolly there was a sense of theatrical tradition in it yes I mean just the fact that the set is a bunch of painted flats and scrims oh yeah compared to what we see on Broadway where everything moves and turns and it's realistic and I mean don't get me wrong I love a turntable with a barricade on yeah. it but it's not about the barricade is it it's about the music it's about yeah. the stories it's about the characters and um I don't know I, I but I'm old school in that sense I I love cabaret and candor and ab um and I but I do like new the new stuff that's coming out I I really like the music of um Dear Evan Hansen um and I haven't seen it yet, so I, I can't yeah. form an opinion on that. But, um, you know, what I love about Once on this Island right now is it's, it's, it gets back to the storytelling. And even though you have a Broadway star like Leah Salonga in it, she is still a part of it, yeah. telling a story. So I don't know if anything is missing from Broadway right now, because I think we're getting back to that. With Hello, Dolly, you're getting that... that Bigger than life, Broadway, you know, twinkling lights and boys mm-hmm. kicking and a star at the center of the spotlight posing her, you know, titties out, you yeah. know. That's great with beautiful music. And then with Once in the Silent, you're getting back to like really simple and good storytelling with great music. Um, and I think that the shows that don't run, I, I don't know. I mean, I did. I, there's not a lot of flops right now that I think shows don't last for a reason, and I, I'm not hearing a lot about underappreciated musicals. Yeah. Um, like, there are shows that have been underappreciated in the past, um, like Merrily We Roll Along. Mm-hmm. That was a flop that's become a hit today, you know. So it'll be very interesting to see what tomorrow's Merrily We Roll Along yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move into the Pop 5 Rapid Fire. Oh, boy. So I'm going to give you five pop culture-type things, things in the news, whatever. Uh, you're going to say the first thing, first phrase, story, whatever you want to say about it. You know I've been in Mexico for a couple months now. I don't know what's happening the, in the you, world. These, these should be easy. <laughs> they should be okay. 
Number one is the Tide Pod ca- Challenge. Stupid. That's yeah. so stupid. Like, stupid. What? What? Why? Why? Why would you, like, what? Why? Why would you want to take a Tide Pod? You think it's going to taste like a cupcake? I don't know. Apparently kids think it like, looks like candy, so they want to have... Let's then go to the goddamn candy store and get a lollipop. I agree. For crime, it's crazy. Christ. Next is uh, David Hogg, who is one of the students from uh, Parkland uh, High School. Okay. Um, people are thinking that he is a crisis actor. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, I watched The View this morning, and they interviewed a bunch of the kids um, uh, from last week's attack, and they asked the same question. And, like, how... I just... Uh... Oh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my like how it to me it's the equivalent of when nine eleven happened. If some if the government was saying, "Oh, you're overreacting," no yeah. one would say that then. Kids are kids are being shot. Kids are afraid to go to school. You know, it it makes no sense to me. If someone said to me, "You're a crisis actor," I would punch them in the face, and I'd yeah. have no regret doing that. What, why, what do you what does what do you gain from that? Nothing. What do you gain from that? Yeah, it, hiring someone to be a crisis actor. Jesus Christ! I hate this world. I'm moving to Mexico. Is, yeah. <laughs> next is Torch Song transferring to Broadway. Uh huh. Which is exciting. Yeah. It's. I mean, great. Did you get to see it off Broadway? I have no. I've been in Mexico. <laughs> um, no, I didn't get the chance to see it. the The hard the hard thing about uh, doing. You know, being a full-time drag queen, you know, you do four or five shows a week, and so you don't have a lot of time. I'm, I'm happy I'm in town now because I've got some more, I've got some free time, and so I'm, I'll see a lot now. But that's exciting. I've, you know, I've never, I've never seen it on stage. I've seen the movie, of course, yeah. but never seen it on stage. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, number four is Adam Rippon. Ah, uh, pardon me, but do you have any Adam Rippon? I'm, Does anybody I, get the Grey Poupon reference? Yeah, mm-hmm. Anybody? Anybody? I am madly in love with him, and I just have to ask everybody about him, because I, I have to make sure he's mine when he comes back. Oh, of course, of course. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad there is a voice um, representing um, the LGBTQIA community, yeah. and that's part of the Olympics. Yeah. And I love that, um, I love that there was a, two boyfriends uh, kissing as well. Yeah. What was his name? Do you remember? Uh, Gus Kenworthy. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, we're going to get a little political again. Oh, goody. Um, the Florida lawmakers' lack of debate on guns, but call porn dangerous. Right. Yes, porn is so dangerous, because porn is going into your schools and killing a lot of kids. That's great. I think it's stupid. If, if, you're, if your main concern is people fucking, then you need to go fuck yourself. Yep. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, so I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Okay. And this is a question from Zaria. Oh, Zaria, what a brilliant person. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is being horrible and 1 is you think you can manage the next two years, how do you feel about where the United States is heading now? How do I feel? And the, So 1 is the good and 10 is the bad? Uh, 10 is the horrible, 1 is you can handle it. Uh, I know I can handle it. Um... I don't, you know, um, I think, I'll put us right somewhere in the middle. I think we have a lot of potential. Um, And I don't know, I I think things like social media can hurt. You know, you go, you get on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and all these social media platforms every single day. And 
there's always these these extremes. So we're somewhere in the middle right now. Yeah. And what I'd like to see happen in the next couple of years is just everybody breathe and say, okay, we have these differences and it's not going to change if we just keep yelling at each other, if we have a conversation. I think we can get through it. I don't think it's going to be fun, but it's never been fun. No. So you just got to like look at the things that keep you light. Um, so if you're going online, and this is what I'll say to people listening, if you go online, don't participate. Don't add fuel to the fire. Take note of who stands with you and who does not stand with you. But you don't need to let that be known. Yeah. You kill more honey with flies. Wait, you kill more flies with honey. <laughs> you kill more honey with flies. What? No, you kill more flies with honey. Um, so kill people with kindness. Yeah. You know, because then they can't, they can't bite you back with that. It's true. You know, that's a Southern charm thing, I guess. Delighted to be here with about that. <laughs> and now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. Any question you want. Any question. <laughs> I want to quote the drowsy chaperone. It's like, why would anyone add olives to a gimlet? Great. That's the question. That's it. <laughs> um, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag Suddenly Casting Director. Oh, great. <laughs> um, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Suddenly Seymour. That's Sutton like Sutton Foster. Just look for Sutton Foster. I'm the drag queen right underneath her. Sutton Lee Seymour. Uh, so yeah, S-U-T-T-O-N-L-E-E-S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. At Sutton Lee Seymour. Have I said it enough? Uh, Twitter, at the Sutton Lee. And then, if we're not friends on Facebook, you can't add me because I'm at my limit. And I, and I hate that. But you can like my fan page, which makes no sense to me. They can follow you, right? They can follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just it makes no sense to me. You can do a Hunger Games thing where you can eliminate someone and then add someone in. Hunger Games. What a wonderful 2011 <laughs> reference you just right, made. Right, right. Uh, so where can... Um, the international world see you next right now uh let's see where can the so right now i'm back in new york for a couple weeks so i'm back at broadway mondays and doing albatross bar uh on saturdays um i'm going to be heading back out of town shortly to uh puerto vallarta to finish my contract out there i've got a show in chicago on may 6th at the uptown underground i've got a show on may 12th in pittsburgh pennsylvania at cruise bar and uh, then June is Pride, so there's lots of Pride festivals, but, I mean, Pride is Pride. Right. Um, and then there's some exciting things happening in the fall, which I cannot tell you about yet. <laughs> well, we'll be sure to find out in the fall. Well, let's hope we're still here. Yes. What a dark note to end on. <laughs> well, this was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Me. Honey, you're wonderful. <laughs> a big thanks to Sutton for stopping by. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.